the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity, a radio show and podcast about real faith for the real world. I'm Richard Mendelo, and as always, I'm joined by and so grateful for my wedded wingman, Christy Mendelo. And always happy to be here. If you are ready for more buffoonery, if you can think you can stand to hear more craziness, I have a story for you. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention website says, CDC is the nation's leading science-based, data-driven service organization that protects the public's health. And this federal agency recently decided that men can breastfeed babies. I read about that. Um, um, Yeah, buffoonery. Yeah, I don't know if you can be stunned anymore. According to the CDC, men can take powerful drugs, lactate, and, quote, chest feed, end quote, babies. Wow. And this is the same agency that says women shouldn't smoke while breastfeeding. So they are responsible for data-driven solutions. I would like to know, what is this a solution for? Is this a science-based data-driven solution to the need to destroy a biblical worldview? Is it a solution to undermine the nuclear family? Is it a solution to manipulate a generation of vulnerable children for political reasons? Just sounds like a lot of manipulation. And if you were thinking that the Bible was an old dusty book that was out of touch with our lives today, or if you were thinking that church is what we do for an hour on Sunday and then we get back in the world and try and figure it all out, I'd like to read you a Bible quote which shows that it's not a dusty book. It's absolutely relevant. It's as sharp as a sword and more relevant than 99.999% of what passes for news today. Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 1-5 through five say, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days, People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people." Certainly sounds like the world in which we live, even sadder to me, it's the world we've made for our children and grandchildren. 
So how does a Christian parent walk out their faith and fulfill their responsibilities as a parent in this world when things are the way they are? Well, we talk a lot about we walking out our faith. That's hard enough. Now you add in children, it's like, whoa. Well, friends, today on Courageous Christianity, we're going to talk about it. And because I don't want to fall into the trap which has caught so many where we admire our nation's problems by talking about them endlessly without explaining solutions or encouraging people toward tangible change, we're also going to talk about what we can do about it, and I have a very simple solution. Before we get started, let us pray. Heavenly Father, a Lord commands men who defend the realm. More than ever, as Christians, by your commands, we need to defend your realm. We need to step up to protect what is true, what is good, what is righteous, and what is just. And we know you will help us. The prophet Isaiah said, For the Lord God helps me, therefore I am not disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. Help us, Father, to set our faces like flint. Help us to stand firm in faith in all we do, according to your word, as we submit ourselves to your commands for this generation, for our children, and for our children's children. May all we do be glorifying unto you. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay, on the spot. And the answer is yes. Oh, okay. And so when I'm finished asking, then the answer will be yes. I like that. You're telling me what to say. (laughs) Can you believe the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention? Oh, I know the answer. Yes. You can't make this stuff up. No, I. it's hard to believe, so I don't know how you could make it up. Yeah. If there's anyone out there in radio or podcast land who needs more convincing that we live on a spiritual battlefield, please email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. Our nation has become a spiritual battlefield, and Christians have been losing ground for years. Our children don't know if they're boys or girls, and we need to get serious, and we need to make a plan. Yeah. I would agree. And so what I would say is this. Even though we know everything is so perverse, why is it so hard to reject the world categorically on site? It's it's a good question. Um my my I mean if you're asking me, um we don't know enough. We don't know our heavenly Father enough. We don't know his word and we don't know ourselves living out that faith. So if we don't know any of that, then we're everyone else's to to be manipulated. If I understand correctly, you're saying because we don't know him, we don't know who we are relative to him. Right. And so we don't see the world for what it is. Well, I I guess we don't see the world for what it is, but we don't necessarily um it's probably all of it just very confusing. We we don't know a true self. We don't know our true identity in Christ. And so we're kind of, the word that comes to mind is like mush. <laughs> we're everybody else's. Our identity is everything that comes to us and around us versus knowing who we are and whose we are. I think that's a very good point. Obviously, knowing God is seminal. 
I also think that there is a lot that's done to us before we even realize it's being done that causes us to feel torn when asked to step away from the world. We spoke this morning about imprinting. At a very early age, the earliest thing you remember or understand or process is this imprinting that takes place from a trusted source and shapes the way you see everything after that. And you were telling me about a, what was it, a duckling syndrome? A baby duck syndrome. Okay, so if I understood that correctly, the baby duck syndrome says that the first computer system that you ever use is going to imprint you, and from then on, you will judge all computer systems by that computer system. Essentially, and have a hard time learning any others other than if it's, it is exactly the same or similar to the first one you learned. So I want you to hear that. It's your first one. You think it's the best. And you have a hard time learning anything else. Right. And that's imprinting. And if you think about the imprinting to which we have been subjected our entire lives, from elementary to junior high to high school to college into the workforce, we have to be very aggressive about pursuing a different perspective, a different understanding, a different reality. Well, in my world as a coach, we often talk about looking at things with eyes wide open. And so we may not be able to get to an aggressive place, but we've got to open our eyes and get to a place at least where we're looking and we're looking beyond what we may think we may see. Just like looking at baby ducks following their mom, there's more than meets the eye. (laughs) I was thinking today about the absence of curiosity in our world. I don't know Mm. why I was thinking about this. I was thinking about how we just don't ask enough questions and we just don't question things enough. And I don't mean as a skeptic. I mean um, genuinely looking at why we think the way we do, why we believe the things we do, when the evidence is out there that it's failing miserably, left, right, and center, everything from... uh, our worldview, our secular views, our views on parenting, our views on uh, what is a a worthy life, a valuable life. Uh, I have a thought on that. Um, So um, if we're in a place of wonder, like where curiosity comes in place, we're looking up and around and we're open. Our eyes are, are open and we're seeing things and we're, we're wondering about them, right? Um, it's kind of a posture of submission, uh, vulnerability, because you're, you're, you know, you're, um, you're, you're not hiding, you're not protecting. Whereas I think our world is, we probably live in a state of fear of things being done to us or things being taken away from us. And because of the phone and the iPad and all of that, we live in our own little um, silo, so to speak, with all these protections around us. And and we think we're out and open talking to people on Facebook and whatnot, but that's just a project, projected mess. But And so, so what we do, and it, it really comes back to the book, um, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie is he steps, steps he says step into curiosity and out of judgment. 
So when we're curious, we're in wonder mode. When we're in judgment mode, fear, protection, uh, we're we're um, saying no. I think we need to make friends with not being liked. Yeah. I think I think there's two things going on. Number one, when you were speaking, I was thinking about that movie, The Titanic, and I was thinking about when Leonardo DiCaprio is next to that like door that's floating in the water, and Kate Winslet is on the door. And there's no room for both of them on the door. And they're clinging to that door. And the ship is sinking. Everybody around them is drowning. And they're clinging to that door. And I was thinking about that being our understanding. Yeah. Everything is drowning around us. The ship's going down. The ship of state. The, uh, the ship of fools. And we're clinging to this door. And it's bizarre to me, and I think it comes from, A, the imprinting, which, hey, the door's all we've ever known, and B, the fear of being disliked, the fear of upsetting the world around us with views which are contrarian. But the truth of the matter is, Christianity is countercultural. The entire belief system goes against culture. And there's so much in the Bible that says if we're in culture, then we're enemies of God, for example, and things aren't going to work out. So, friends, stay with us. We won't be talking about doors, but we will be talking about what we do to overcome this view that we have and to be better Christians and to raise our children. Stay with us. God's Word says that He loves a cheerful giver. You've probably heard that part of Scripture often quoted when it comes to tithing. Friends, we'd like you to consider your cheerful giving to God through Courageous Christianity. With your tax-deductible donation, you will be helping us achieve our mission to equip Christian men for the spiritual battlefield in order to glorify God and create godly change. No amount is too small. You can make a donation by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. 4940 or visit courageouschristianity.today and for a donation of $25 or more we will send you a signed copy of host Richard Mendelow's book Right Makes Might 40 Days to Courageous Christianity a devotional that will equip you in your walk as a courageous Christian if texting isn't a fit for you you can also donate and find more information about the Courageous Christianity ministry links to all the aired shows a blog for Christian warriors, and an opportunity to submit prayer requests at CourageousChristianity.today. Please donate and be a part of sustaining our efforts in serving our Heavenly Father by serving His warriors on the spiritual battlefield. Please text to donate at 281-800-4940 or visit CourageousChristianity.today. God bless you. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity. In the first segment, we were talking about the CDC's new perspective from their scientific and data-driven perspective. Men can breastfeed babies. They Hmm. said this. It was on, uh, I I couldn't find it on their website, but it was reported uh, that it was put out a couple days ago. And uh, Christy and I were talking about how messed up that is. And then we were talking about how to be a Christian and to parent in this incredibly messed up world. And we said one of the issues is that we're imprinted from an early age to get along. In the Marine Corps, we used to say cooperate to graduate. 
And uh, we also are not comfortable uh, in a feeling where we're not liked. Yeah. And so we're trying to get along, even though, as uh, I pictured at the end of the last segment, it's the Titanic, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet are hanging on to this door, and the ship of fools is sinking, and uh, we're still just hanging on to this understanding in hopes that maybe it could uh, become true. And a couple of things occurred to me. One of the best things we can do for our children is teach them the peace and freedom of being disliked and to remind them each day that they have the right to be who they are. What do you think of that? Uh, well, I think that's uh, important um, and and how you do it, I guess, I would want to talk about how you would do that because you don't want to raise, you know, bullies or some, uh, you know, things like that. So you have to right. understand what, what dislike means, what we're talking about there. But one of the things you said earlier brought me back to kind of what rang in my ear, uh, be good little girl, don't disagree type of thing. And I think, you know, we're really talking about. We're um, imprinted that way. Imprinted, but socialized that way. And, and so when we think about the messages that we're giving our children, um, you know, are we needing to be uh, liked by everyone? And then so for what are we modeling? That's a brilliant lead in. And uh, before we get there, because the rest of the show today is basically going to be about that. It's going to be about parents setting an example. When I uh, just want to go back to when I say teaching our children not to be uh, to be comfortable not being liked, it's not to be a bully. It's not that we're going to poke the world. It's that we're not going to allow the world to poke us. Uh, Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr., an associate justice of the Supreme Court from 1902 to 1932, put it this way: "The right to swing my fist ends where the other man's nose begins." So I don't know about you, but as a Christian, patriotic, heterosexual male, there are days when I come home from working in the world and I have a bloody nose from all the hypocrisy and perversity that does not respect my right to be me. And so what I'm saying is it's very important to say our children have a right to be them, who they are, who God made them to be, who they are raised to be in this house. And we're going to get to the the influence that we affect as parents in uh, leadership, not just parenting, but actual leadership where we're setting an example. But I, I just want to point out that the world is the bully. I marvel at the ways those who want special consideration and compassionate understanding offer none to those who think differently from themselves. So I think what's ironic is the world is bullying our children. The world is bullying our children, and I think it, it goes, I know we're going to talk about influence, but if those children don't know themselves in Christ, if their parents don't know themselves in Christ, then again, saying it Perfect. a different way, yep. they're going to be influenced by anything and everything. Okay, so you're going right where we, uh, we want to go. I'm just trying to make this one point, and friends, I hope you hear it. Before our children will be comfortable going to the place where we lead them, we must remember that 
They will go back to school and then school will lean on them again. Yeah. And school has imprinted uh, from a very early age, socialized to get along. And now it's using that bully pulpit to force our children to basically not believe the things they learn at home. And so that's what I'm saying. Before we talk about how we create a new environment at home in loving leadership submitted to God as parents for our children, we also have to help them to become friends with not being liked by the world. And before we can help our children to do anything, we ourselves have to be in that place. And so um, if you think about it, simply put, our job as Christians and parents is to look, act, and sound like Jesus. Yeah. And if we're doing that well, because Jesus is countercultural, we're setting our children up for them going back to school the next day and being disliked, and we have to help them to be comfortable with that. What Does that make sense? Oh, it makes a lot of sense, but I think about the um, people out there listening, and they're probably like, yeah, I totally agree with you, but how in the world do I do that? We're going to talk about that. We're going to get to that absolute place. We're not going to leave you hanging. We're not going to admire this problem and then have you say, okay, well, that sounds great, but how do I do it? I just want to tell you a quick story about uh, to maybe try to help um, bring this uh, to a more vivid uh, vision, a reality. When I was a Marine Corps Border Advisor Team Leader in Iraq from 2010 to 2011, my team's mission was to teach a battalion of Afghan border policemen to secure the southern border of Helmand Province. And we lived with the border police, and we trained with them, and we fought with them, and the hope was that we would teach them to be like us. Yeah. So keep in mind, some of them were good and some of them were probably the bad guys, the enemy, just like in life today. Yeah. Where some people are uh, striving and and some people are wolves in sheep's clothing (laughs) or, um, well, I probably can't say that. Anyhow, I had this one young lieutenant and one day he shows up wearing one of those schmas, which is uh, like the Afghan scarf, like a lot of the tribal warriors Mm -hmm. wear. And you see it in all the war movies where all these Hollywood guys like to have a schmuck. We just found one in storage. Right, exactly (laughs) right. And so he shows up wearing this thing. And I'm like, hey, Lieutenant, what's that on your neck? Is it a python or or what are you doing with that thing? (laughs) And he says, well, he wants to wear it and the Afghans wear it. And I looked at him and I said, our job is to make the Afghan border police look like us. It's not to look Mm -hmm. like them. And I really think that's important to make friends with that idea for our children that everything we do as Christians is about walking like Jesus, looking like Jesus, sounding like Jesus, feeling like Jesus, being compassionate and looking on this fallen world like Jesus and having the rest of the world say, hey, what's that guy got going on? I want some of that as opposed to... Now we just look like them, and then that opportunity goes away. So I probably belabored the point, but I hope you see it. And that does bring us to the question that you've been asking for probably quite some time. (laughs) How do we do it? Yeah. And my answer there would be, how did Jesus do it? And 
I will tell you quite simply the way he did it and the way we do it. Have two steps, and it's very simple, and it's hard. So, drum roll. Jesus created space when he needed it, and he filled that space with his father's business. Yeah, he did. How many times did he go to the wilderness for 40 days to create space? How many times did he walk away from people? How many times did he walk away from the apostles when his fun meter was pegged? And he's like, I need a break from you guys. Yeah, to get centered. To get centered. Yeah. And so he created space. And in that space, he did his father's business. And so what do I mean by space? I think that's the first very important thing. In combat, security is comprised of time and space. Sometimes there's a long distance between you and the enemy, and that long distance is space, and that provides security. Sometimes the enemy might be fairly close, but you can slow him down and use time to create security. Okay. So when we talk about space, we're talking about space and time and uh, being disliked, not being forced into a certain behavior taking time to think about how I feel and how I want to act in this situation, taking time to think about how did Jesus act, kind of doing the Heisman and rejecting the world and all of its influences and all of its impressions and um, turning off the TV, turning off popular opinion, not caring about what people will say about me to create space. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. It draws me back to I recently attended a um, active shooter training, and they were training us to, like, the first thing that you have to do is breathe and breathe in a four count. Breathe in, hold it for four breaths, and then breathe out. And that's there's a lot of biochemistry that goes on with it, but that creates space for it to get ourselves back into a thinking place. And so I liken it to what you're saying is Jesus went off into the wilderness to push away from the world and get that one voice in his head talking that conversation with his father versus the, you know, the chaos that's going on in the world. Reacting to chaos. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I think that's fantastic. Friends, stay with us. We are going to come back and we're going to break this down more. These two simple but hard steps of creating space and in that space, filling it with our Father in Heaven's business. Stay with us. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine, and now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance 
and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelo has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and Christy and I are discussing Christianity and Christian parenting. And we talked about the CDC deciding that men can breastfeed, and we were thinking that that is the world in which we live And then we were thinking about the challenges that our children and grandchildren will be up against. And so our job as parents is to set them up for success. And if this is the world in which they live, then how do we do that? And in talking, we were modeling Jesus when we said, we have to help our children to learn to be comfortable being disliked. Christianity itself is countercultural, and that's what makes it so hard. And there's nothing about it that promises to be easy. And the man we follow, Jesus, was hated. And so if we follow him, will we not be hated as well? And so we said that we could model behavior on Jesus, observing how he would create space for himself by going to the wilderness, by walking away from uh, contentious people, and even sometimes taking a break from the apostles. And in that space, he would do his father's business. You uh, know the story of Jesus saying uh, that he would do his father's business when his parents were looking for him. So recently I was reading the book of Matthew chapters 10 through 20, and I was looking at every instance where Jesus either engaged with people or he walked away from people. And I said to Christy that Jesus was very matter of fact. Yeah. And Christy's response was just so brilliant. And she said to me, it's not that he was matter of fact. It's that he was so attached to his father's business, he was detached from the world. Yeah, two things come to mind. Um, so as we're talking about kids, there is a theory called the attachment theory. And basically, loosely in my terms, you know, the, the um, between the ages of zero and two, you grow up with, you know, your parents um, or a parent. 
And you think of that little kid tugging on that parent's leg, like can't be pulled away because it's it's like you're at- attached to them. And that can, if it's not done in a healthy manner as kids grow up, that can cause problems, right? And so they don't know how to um, maybe move out into the world. But if we think about it, though, like who more do we want to be attached to is our Heavenly Father. And and so not I mean, some psychologists would probably be popping me on the head right now for likening this to attachment theory. But think about that being so attached to our Father and then what makes me think, going back to Jesus in the wilderness, think about when Satan came against him. He was so he was in such a place of standing his ground in quietness and faith attached to his father that boom, 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 he was able to say no, no, no to yeah, Satan. Absolutely not at all concerned with whether the devil liked it or not. Not at yeah. all concerned. Just uh, like, nah, he was no. so attached to his father's business. Like doesn't even uh, matter. And I, I've said this before. We're talking about a battlefield. Like has no place on a battlefield. It, it's, it's about love. It's about doing the right thing. And so I love when you said that because if we attach ourselves to the Father, when you were reading to me about attachment theory, it said that for a child to grow up normally, it has to attach to one or uh, both of the parents. Yeah. And so for us to grow up normally as spiritual beings, we have to attach to the Father. And the brilliant thing is, Bible tells us you can't serve two masters. And so if you're attached to the Father, you can't be attached to the world. When the Scripture tells us do not put up things that rust or can be eaten by moths, don't be attached to the world, the opinions of the world, do not be conformed to the patterns of the world. All of that is what the world says, and if we turn away from that and we turn to God and we create space, then that is possible. Yeah, and going back, and I know we're getting there, but needing that leadership and parenting, you know, I think back to speaking of moths, um, I've been going through these zillions of letters my mother kept, ones that she sent to me in college, and I've been reading them, and, you know, it brings a different perspective uh, that maybe I didn't see. I know that God was somewhere in my upbringing, uh, but it wasn't. Um, it, it wasn't everywhere. We didn't go to church every Sunday. Uh, you know, I that that was kind of just a blip on the radar. Uh, but in all of my mom's letters, um, I read a, a ton of encouraging me. Um, you know, just give it to God and he will, he will, he will bring you a miracle. And I mean, not just the prosperity gospel, but it was lined all throughout her letter. So I know it was a topic of conversation, It just, but my parents weren't necessarily on the same page with it. And, and I didn't come to Christ until I was 28, 29 years old. And I just think about and, and you weren't uh, attached to him until you were 40-something. Right. right. And and more and more now, because I'm spending more time, I'm creating that space. He comes first in all things and ordering my steps according to the book as best I can, yet I still sin. But I'm just thinking in those 29 years, if that modeling had been... Now, I'm not saying my parents were bad. They really were good, but it was just kind of a blip on the radar screen versus being uh, infiltrating 
right. everything Pervasive about me. in the house. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and this is a big deal because you can serve two masters. And because with our behavior, we are influencing, we are imprinting. And so creating space, teach our children how to create space. Number one, we can't teach what we don't know. So the first thing we have to do is do it ourselves. Turn off the TV. Limit the intrusion of the enemy's information operations. Limit or get rid of electronics for children. It is bizarre to let the enemy into your house. Number two, prepare to be disliked. Jesus was not liked. We will follow him. We will not be liked. Teach your children to be comfortable being disliked. And number three, Remember that as we do these things, it will create separation. And that separation is the space. Separation is good. The world is failing. It's that Titanic. It's sinking. And we need to distance ourselves from it. And the Bible tells us, have nothing to do with such people. And then I just want to read you this quote, which we love from James chapter 4, verse 4. It says, a quote. It's not a. It's you a don't verse. say. It's a verse. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I shouldn't say quote. Uh, let me quote uh, James. No. Jesus's half brother. <laughs> so James chapter four verse four says, "Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God." It doesn't say that he's unfriended on Facebook. It doesn't say that. You know, you don't get a Christmas present. It says he's an enemy of God. So it's one or the other. And so in your example, where it wasn't pervasive in the house, because there was no choice, because there was no demarcation, you spent the next 10 to 20 years uh, struggling half in the world and, and half out of it. Yeah, and and we could dissect that. I have a couple things I want to share. First and foremost... Um, we talked about that pervasive, what wasn't pervasive in my family. It was, faith was kind of a blip. Um, it was there, but it was a blip. But what is pervasive today? You said put down the phones, but phones, technology, and everything is pervasive right. in, our, in our world. Um, so what and, are we teaching with that? Yeah, so what are we teaching them? That's the question. And so I'd encourage listeners to, you know, it's hard to look in the mirror, but look in the mirror and say, what am I doing? What is pervasive in our home? Is it money? Is it busyness? Or is it God? And does it need to be more God? And I think um, three other things I want to share, um, maybe four, so hold on. Uh, Disliked, I wrote down kind of a little um, definition for me, trying to understand what being disliked is standing one's ground with grace. doesn't mean bullying, but you got to know what your ground is, i.e. your ground is God, right? That's your foundation. And then um, thirdly, we talked about uh, friends of God. Um, if you're friends with the world, you're an uh, enemy of God. Right. We did a long series on that a year or two ago. And if listeners, you go to CourageousChristianity.today, you can see all of our shows there now under the Listen tab. And you can go back and listen to those. And I think they're really great. And I think maybe we need to maybe bring about another series on friends with the world, uh, enemies of God. And so make sure you go to our website. And last but not least, you talked about separation. 
I mean, the bottom line is, is why wouldn't we want to separate from the world? It's not working. Yeah. Remember, if you stayed close to that Titanic and go get the movie, if you haven't seen it in a while, then as it sank, it was going to pull you down. It was going to pull everything around it down. And if we don't start swimming away from this sinking ship, it is going to pull us down our children, and our grandchildren down. Because let me just tell you, men cannot breastfeed babies. And this may or may not make sense, but I just, ironically, I thought you were going to speak about this when you started talking about the Titanic. There was a meme that I just saw, and it's exactly what you described, but there, I think there was somebody trying to get on to that piece of wood with them, and they're like, sorry, Charlie, no room. So that, if we're so attached to that, nobody can even help us. Uh, There's no space for them. It's it's so important. I am not talking about making an island of yourself and your family because we're going to get to the second piece of it, which is attaching yourself to God in the last segment. What we are saying is you cannot compete with the world. It's too strong. It's too pervasive. It's too perverse. You have to distance yourself. You have to create space, like in that security example. You cannot live among the enemy and expect your children to be able to sort out what you cannot sort out. And so creating space, turning it off, pushing it away, not getting pulled down with the ship, and then attaching yourself to God. Stay with us. We're going to focus on that in the final segment. Recently, Ryan Reed was a guest on Courageous Christianity, and we want you to know more about his jiu-jitsu gym. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is a place where you'll find good people and great jiu-jitsu. Whether you are training to learn self-defense, to get in shape, looking for a new hobby, or want to compete, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in Huntsville, Texas has something for you. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com to learn more and to get your two-week free trial. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com today. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Even though the recent elections have passed, now is the time to join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in all future elections. Go to MyFaithVotes.org to learn more about voting your faith and to stand united for Christ. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity. We're talking about being Christians and parenting in this perverse world. We've talked in the first three segments about a lot of things, a lot about the Titanic. I didn't expect to talk about the Titanic. That just kind of came up. <laughs> and basically we were saying that the world is the Titanic and if we don't separate ourselves from the world, we're going down. 
And by the way, as a pilot, I don't like when the elevator says (laughs) going down. It scares me. We talked about that last week. It was like, what would you say instead? But I get it. Yeah. Going lower would be nice. But in any event. All right. Everybody change the elevator voice. Change the elevator. Going lower. So we just jumped off this Titanic. We're going to have to create space. We talked about what creating space looks like, turning off the TV, turning off the all all the input because if you think about it i had kids and the day was getting them off to school mm-hmm. and then work mm-hmm. and then getting them home mm-hmm. and trying to get some food in them so that they could go to 4 million different activities and then coming home from that trying to either grab fast food a lot of the time or get something on the table so that they could do a little homework so that we could go to bed and do it all again the next day. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Um, I mean, softball practice at 9 o'clock. I remember back in the day when I was a stepmother. And while the other child was at dance lessons and the other child was at golf lessons in one evening. And so, And so the world tells us, influences us, imprints right. us that that's right yeah. and that's normal. Yeah. And then we end up totally reactive. You, you know that saying, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Yeah. So sure. he wants you to just keep going along without ever staying and saying, whoa, Turbo, what is going on here? He wants you to keep saying yes to the world. Absolutely. But now if you picture that Heisman statue where you stop and you put the hand up and yep, you we're say, doing it. <laughs> we're both doing it. And you say, no, stop. Uh, we're going to take a vacation. We're not going to take our cell phones. We're going to spend three days away, and this family is going to uh, rethink things, and we're going to get sorted out, and we're going to come back and do a whole lot less. We're going to have space. Uh, The kids are going to be comfortable learning that uh, their job is not to please the world, and um, they have compassion on the world. They treat people with kindness, but neither do they let the ship pull them down. So that's what creating space looks like. And now the the second piece, the very important piece, is to attach ourselves to God. We create space from the world. We attach ourselves to God. We can't serve two masters. And so you're wondering, what is this uh, to attach ourselves to God? Well, we read the Bible to find out what God values, what he says is right, and what he says is wrong. And then we focus on that with such resolve that like and dislike don't even pop up on our radar. We don't, we don't even process the words like and dislike. We focus on what the Bible says. Okay, step one. Yeah, and a lot of people may be like, well, how do I fit that in? And, and what comes to mind is first, you get what you focus on, right? right? And second, um, there's Mel Robbins out there talks about 30 before 730 and she talks about her trans transformation to turning her life around. I don't know that it was based biblically, but this idea is you might have to get up earlier, 30 minutes before. So you start the day with God's word before everybody else. You has, start the day with his word and then the rest of the day, you just focus on living that. And if he says, don't be angry and you're feeling yourself angry, you got to call yourself on it. You can't just go down that road. And now you're not in an intentional place. The Bible tells us anger does not fulfill the righteousness of God. 
And so before you knew it, you slid down the slippery slope and you're not in a place of choice. You're not in a place of space. So the next thing is to just go where it leads you without concern. The word, living the word out, go where it takes you in family, in community with other believers and at work. And it will uh, help you to be intentional, and a lot of the things that you worry about will go away, and in the strength of your faith, your children will see that, they will see real faith, and then... It reminds me of a lot of certifications that I've uh, taken classes for. Uh, They start with, trust the process. So getting in there and you're like, okay, this is new, this is different, I really don't trust what's going on here, but they're just like, that's the major framework, trust the process. And I'm not just likening, obviously, our faith to a certification, but I would encourage listeners, trust this process. 30 before 30, 7.30, get up, start your day with the Word, and over time, you'll be craving that Word, and it won't feel right if you don't start the day. Yeah, otherwise you're going to end up like that guy at the store when I went in there and I said, I was looking for a heart rate monitor, one of those straps you wear around (laughs) your chest. And I walked into the store and I said to the guy, do you have a heart rate monitor? And he looks at me and he says, no. What's a heart rate monitor? (laughs) That's hilarious. And so we don't want to be the Christians who say, no, I can't do that. What does the Bible say? Yeah, exactly. Friends, I know we say it a lot, but it's necessary. You focus on the Bible. You focus on what it says because you've been lied to for so long about so much. It's the only place you can go. And by the way, I'm not talking religiosity. I'm not talking self-righteousness. I am talking about being in a good church that speaks to the Bible in all things and going where it leads you and participating in that church for your sake and for the sake of the community and surrounding your children with that church because our eyes are in the front of our head. We go where we're looking, and if we're looking at the world, that's where we're going, and we're going to drag our children there. We become their Titanic. On the other hand, if we're focused on the Bible, on God, and just walking it out on a daily basis, doing a whole lot less, then our children see that. And then they get more comfortable with turning their back on the world. And here's the amazing thing about it. The Bible says the truth shall set you free. Not worrying about the world is incredibly freeing. Yeah. Imagine taking that pressure off our children and empowering them to be who God wants them to be in all of their unique and creative and amazing diversity. So it's that simple. The closer you are to God, to his son, and to his word, and to the loving heart behind it all, the further away you are from the world. And the Bible describes it like this. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So it's kind of like on the airplane where they are giving you the safety demo and they say, if the mask drops down, put the mask on yourself before you try and help your child. That's counterintuitive. It's counterintuitive. But but it's the right way. You can't take your child somewhere where you haven't gone first. Right. You get what you focus on. Right. And so if we want to free our children from the chains of this world, we have to be free ourselves. And that's how leadership works. 
we got to cast off the ridiculous idea that we need to be liked. we got to shrug off the weight of conformity that presses down on us and threatens to squash all truth and individual beauty and godly potential out of us. I mean, men cannot breastfeed babies, but that's what the world is telling us. And so I would just offer a caution or two as we talk about this. We can't get angry about it because anger does not fulfill the righteousness of God. And if you're angry, then the devil is still making your choices. And the other thing is, these people on this spiritual battlefield, the very second you accept that it's a spiritual battlefield, you accept that these people are casualties. They are wounded in action. And you don't treat the wounded uh, unkindly. Sometimes you even risk your life to save them. you got to run out on the battlefield and get them. And so they've been purposefully led astray. They've been manipulated, taken advantage of, and made to suffer. And were it not for God's grace, we would be there too. And that's the truth. And that brings us to our moment of truth. Today, our scripture for the moment of truth comes from Luke chapter 2, verse 49. And it's when Jesus' parents have been looking for him because they went to the Passover festival and he got separated. And Jesus said to them as a 12-year-old, did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Mm. And so our job as Christians is to influence godly change in the world. Effectively, we want to encourage the world to look like us. Yeah. In the truth of Christ, as written in the Bible, in the joy and peace of Christ, which transcends this world in love and with compassion by our faith, our task is to make a personal appeal to this lost and struggling world. And if we're going to accomplish this mission, we can't react to them, we can't act like them, we can't think like them, and we certainly can't look like them because we will be pulled down with that sinking ship. We must not be conformed to the patterns of this world, their ways or their likes and dislikes. So how do we do it? Two steps. We create space and we fill the space with our Father's business. Parenting is leadership. First and foremost, as parents, we set the example. Words mean very little. Actions mean everything. If you're at the dinner table and you're on your phone, don't be surprised if that's the posture your child will be in shortly. Kids are smart. They're like Marines. If you're not genuine and leading from the front, you'll lose them. And you can't lead people to where you have not gone first, not Marines and not children. So separating ourselves from the world and then teaching our children to do that is the first step in writing this lost world. We create space and then we fill it with our Father's business. And that's Courageous Christianity. Friends, thanks for joining us today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM KKHT The Word in Houston, Texas at KKHT.com or on your favorite podcast app, or our very exciting new website, yes, which you can find at CourageousChristianity.today. Listen to all podcasts and submit prayer requests. And submit prayer requests. Don't forget the uh, Friends with the World, Enemies of God yeah. series, which went sure. at length into some of these things. We just want to be a part of the solution. We want to be here for you. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and simplify. Yeah, roots into the earth, and we 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.